Hello and welcome to the latest episode of The Big Review Ski. I'm Rory Cashin and this week it is a Conversations with Friends special. Now it is a bit odd for me to be talking about Conversations with Friends while I'm in here on my own talking to literally no one except anyone who's listening on the podcast on the other end. But I did get to talk to all of the cast and the director of the new show, which is based on the Sally Rooney novel. So it's all the same crew who were involved in the hit show Normal People. And for this up first, you're going to be hearing from Joe Alwyn and Jemima Kirk, who play Nick and Melissa in the show. Joe Alwyn, who uh, anyone who doesn't know might be better known to you as uh, Mr. Taylor Swift himself. And Jemima is a fantastic up-and-coming Irish actress. Uh, the two of them are central to the plot of Conversations with Friends. Uh, anyone who's read the book will already know exactly how it all plays out. Anyone who's watching the show and hasn't read the book, I'm not going to give us any spoilers here. But you will hear first from Sasha and Jemima chatting all things Conversations with Friends. Hi. Sasha and Jemima, how are you both doing today? Swell. Good, thank you. Fantastic, happy to hear it. One of the things that I uh, immediately took away from this was how, again, fantastically cast everyone was. Uh, it's a carryover, I think, from uh, normal people when we had Paul and Daisy just so perfectly in those roles. But when it came to the auditioning process for both of you for your parts in this, was there a specific point, I guess, when you were like, okay, I think I've absolutely got this character now? Well, I had very little to go on because mm -hmm. I hadn't read the the book before the audition. I'm like Sasha here, little Miss Goody Two Shoes. Um, but I, I, uh, I only had the the small scene that they gave me, and uh, yeah, I just you know that that's the thing with auditions is it's sort of like a a guessing game, like a like a you show, game show where you don't tell you they don't tell you the answer in the end. Um, so yeah, I didn't really have any clue. <laughs> it was mine. It was mine from the jump. <laughs> yep. Right. Mm -hmm. um, kind of like when you walk into a vintage shop and you find that like yeah, you're just sweater like, and you're like, oh, I've had this for years. Yeah, this is this is yeah, exactly this is mine. I, I didn't know this was going to be my look for the entire year, exactly. but this is my look. Mm -hmm. yeah. For um, for for normal people, I think uh, so many so many people afterwards will talk about how. Uh, uniquely and kind of groundbreakingly it approached uh, sex and in this I think people will be discussing how it approaches uh, sexuality because there's a much stronger uh, LGBTQ plus uh, presence in this than there was in normal people and I think it has a very modern uh, outset in that it's it's it seems to be a fluid and there's not, not necessarily there are some conversations about labels and stuff but I think it's all very forward-thinking. Mm -hmm. uh, was there any conversations about that particular topic, I guess, when, when this show was being kind of pitched here or when you were talking about it yourselves? Not really. I think, I think just sexuality, like exploring your own sexuality in general and kind of having an open mind. If you think, I just knew that Bobby felt a certain way, which was, you can love multiple people. You can try it out for yourself. This is, I only, you know, care for women, but that doesn't mean that y you can't be intrigued by this person. And it just, it's all just about, I think, exploring and going with your own m mood of the day. You know, who knows? If, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's like, who knows? And I think <laughs> that's the beauty. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the beauty of it is it's kind of like, 
can't knock it till you try it kind of thing. <laughs> and, and who are you to judge and who are you to know the answer of how you feel about yourself and how you feel about what you want unless it is right in front of you and you decide you want that. Yeah, I think I didn't, it was definitely not, it's interesting, we've been asked this before and I, um, I don't think we, I don't remember ever being part of a conversation about the, um, about anyone being gay or straight or whatever, it was just um, now Melissa, Melissa and Bobby are attracted to each other and you know, if she's in love with Nick or whatever. It just wasn't, it wasn't pointed out because I don't, and I liked that, that it wasn't, it's sort of, for me, what the, how I want this utopian world of sexuality to be at one, at some point, you know, where everyone just, you know, sleeps with whoever, with, with, uh, with everyone else, you know? It's not, um, it's not labeled, it's just sort of um, attraction. No, yeah, that's, that's definitely something that came across uh, yeah. very well, and I, I did fully appreciate it as I was watching the episodes. And just one final question, if that's okay. Uh, you did have to make the show under very specific circumstances, especially uh, at the beginning, but were there any particular highlights off camera? Did you get to have much fun around Ireland, uh, you know, when you weren't filming while you were here? Yeah. yeah, we hung out a lot. Because mm -hmm. especially because of, yeah, the circumstances, we couldn't really go outside our bubble. And mm -hmm. thankfully, we actually liked each other. So mm -hmm. we all just, we all, like, we met each other's families, partners, mm -hmm. everything. We were all just hanging out. It was a lot of more socializing than I've ever done on yeah. any other set. Um, and that may have been due to COVID. But um, also, I think the last, the show I'd done before at Sex Education, I was like, there was a big age gap, at least, you know, story-wise. So I was kind of separate from the crew and uh, from the, you know, the rest of the cast or separated myself rather. And with this, uh, there was only, there was only um, things to be gained by spending time with each other, so. Fantastic. Sasha and Jemima, thank you so much for your time today. Thank, thank you. you. So that was Joe Alwyn and Jemima Kirk talking conversations with friends. Up next, you're going to hear from the miniseries director, Lenny Abrahamson. He directed many of the episodes of Normal People, so he's back to adapt the Sally Rooney adaptation as well. And he's had some hits before, like Room and Frank and plenty of other fantastic uh, Irish movies that uh, people have loved over the years. Adam and Paul comes to mind immediately as well. Um, he talks a lot about the idea of sexuality which is kind of at the core of conversations with friends uh, a kind of a very modern thinking modern thinking fluidity um that is kind of helps it stand out in the crowd a bit from other tv shows at the moment he also talks about the interesting weight that technology holds on uh, modern relationships as well like just if you think about anyone in your life uh, whether you met them on Tinder or whether you're still contacting them right now on WhatsApp, a lot of the heavy day-to-day -day lifting, emotional uh, and everything else is done just via text. And it's very difficult to get that across in a visual medium because it can just be someone sitting there literally typing into a phone, which isn't the most cinematic way of uh, getting points across. But he did succeed in doing it in a very interesting way in the show. So he talks about all the different technological and emotional and psychological and sexual aspects of conversations with friends. So here is Lenny chatting about his brand new show. Lenny, how are you doing today? I am all right, and yourself? I'm really good. Such a pleasure to talk to you again. Um, I've watched the first few episodes of the show, and 
One thing I'm, I'm going to get right into it is there's a lot of texting and yeah. you would think that isn't very cinematic or very, uh, you know, visually interesting. And somehow this show has managed to make uh, text conversations properly. Like <laughs> there's like the cliffhanger of someone not replying, just leaving you on red. Yes. Yeah. And there's, there's like, well, uh, there's, I think there's second or third episode. Um, Joe's character just replies with the word, yeah. And I was like, oh, I felt I know. that. <laughs> How difficult is it to uh, to get across it's those really kind good, of scenes? That's a really good question because, like, we didn't do any, we didn't reinvent anything. You know, it's not like we found some special way of showing texts or whatever. Um, you know, we play on the character's faces, we play on what's on the phone. I think it's always it's always the same thing. It's always about, like, is what's happening compelling? Is what's happening important? Are we inside the detail of the moment? Which is exactly what you're getting at when you say that word, yes. If you really know how she's feeling and what she needs from him, and that's the only thing that comes back, that can be really powerful. And I think it just, it proves something that I always believe, which is if you, if you, re if what you're doing has, is coherent and there is that thread of like compelling like forward momentum however tiny there's no such thing as like an inherently undramatic moment you know if you're inside it and it's significant then you can show that's a difference so with the text message i think what we tried to do was just interrogate each time we're doing it so that it isn't just a lazy way of getting information over and, and, and the bottom line is we all have to deal with it now as storytellers because like that is so much of our lives is is on mm text based on various apps or like so a few times we have it'll happen later in the show you'll have like voice messages because i would like i'm so old that uh i think it was the first person ever sent me a voice message like that was paul mescal and i right. thought oh is, he must have recorded something by mistake or you know and then i realized no this is what the young people do they, yeah. they say things to each other and then send the message and so we did a little bit of that. And then we do some of the sequences in the novel, which take place on email or on text, we have transposed into the real world. So we try to do, you know, those text moments when they're significant, when, when the reaction of the person who receives the text or sends it is, is somehow, I don't know, meaningful. And I'm really glad you felt that way because it's just such a killer. I mean, you know, it's such a hard thing to deal with on screen these days. Yeah, like it was it was interesting because as you mentioned there, like there is so much weight carried now by WhatsApp and by Tinder and by everything like that. And so much of it can get lost in just the tone of because you're reading it and it's not how they necessarily wrote it. So getting across it with the voice messages also helps. Yes. Um so and there we was start that in, in in F3, I think we start sometimes to hear the voice of the person whose message it is. So there's an email from Bobby in episode three. She's on her, France on her way yes. home in And we hear her voice and that's significant then. Yeah, like that was one of the things I thought that I haven't seen done a huge amount is just the, uh, I guess, the weight and impact of, you know, technology and how, how it does impact modern relationships. Um, sure. And the other one, and I'm sure you've 
you've talked about it uh, plenty, is that, you know, normal people tackled just sex in a way that a lot of shows didn't. Um, and in this, I felt that as well, but about sexuality specifically. Yeah. Um, and what I really enjoyed was that there wasn't, there was a little bit from Sasha's character in like needing labeling, but like there's a lot of just forward thinking, almost fluidity about it yes. and not necessarily labeled good or bad by anyone like yes. it's it's very open-minded which i really really appreciated yeah i think that's really important i mean it's one of the things that sally do, has done so brilliantly in her novels you know and it was one of the reasons i was attracted to them in the first place i suppose was just going like the revelation for me of reading her books was both the familiarity namely you know dublin uh, going to college I, I had so many of the experiences that are in those two novels I relate to but also the vast gulf that separates my generation from the generation of the characters she's writing about like the fact that they are not um bom- bombarded with like all of the sort of negativity around sex that was an absolute staple of the culture when I was growing up, you know, it's amazing. And I know there'll be people who go, oh God, it's so woke. Everybody's so open about everything. And, but actually call it what you like. I don't care. It's just, it's healthy for me that people are open to each other in whatever way they present themselves. And that, that, that expression of your desire doesn't have to be fitted into some sort of narrow category. So I agree with you. And I think as the show goes on and you watch more of it, you'll see that, that that idea of just honesty and love and compassion are the things that actually matter. The rest of it is all just, um, you know, as you say, there are a lot of labels floating around, but they're not that useful. Mm. Um, one of the things uh, I think we'll get down in history is uh, how fantastically well cast normal people was between uh, Paul and Daisy. Um, for this, was there was there a particular character who you're like, that's going to be tough to cast or even was there a particular moment when you're like I've got my four I know exactly who I've got yeah I mean actually from the outset before we started casting Francis was the one we were going oh like you know she's a character that resists like she res- she holds herself back from situations so she's she can recede she's a sort of person I think we described it in the book in the actually in the show as like a person who's quietness is very loud you know what I mean the person who doesn't say much but really can dominate a room while not saying much and France like to do that as an actor is really hard like and and also her like crushing self-consciousness and like vulnerability and arrogance and all those things all mixed up together that vulnerable spikiness that she has however Alison arrived really quickly in the casting process so in fact the thing that I thought we all thought was going to be the hardest search she just announced herself really early as being this spectacular actor. Like just, you know, I feel so lucky. I feel this about everything I've done, you know, you think, well, had I not found that person or those people, nobody would be talking about this. And huge kudos to Louise Kiley and to the Lear who continued to produce just the most amazing actors. Alison was just, she just graduated. I think she never had a, a gig ever. And mm. um, this is her first job. But then once we had Alison, it was then then we then it was like a long road to find the exact right combination of four people 
Because it's really like Bobby is a really hard person to cast. If you think about, she's got this, like she's described as having this kind of massive presence. And yet, you know, that's just from Francis's point of view. There's a whole other side to her that we have to feel. And I think Sasha Lane has just got this, just such honesty in her as a character, you know? Uh, she's, she's much more kind of grounded than Francis, even though she's the flamboyant one in mm. a way. And then Joe Alwyn and Jemima Kirk, two brilliant actors who could carry that kind of um, that sense of like being more established and at the same time, you believe the interest that exists between the older couple and the younger couple. Like it was a really, so by the time we got to the very end, it it took a while. The feeling of, yes, we've got our people, I think was, uh, we did a reading where I think Jemima was the last piece of the puzzle. And I did a reading on zoom where Francis and Jemima, Francis and Melissa, so Jemima and Alison were reading together. And there was just such a spark. And then we thought, great, that's it now. We're okay. We 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 might survive this. No, like there's there's some moments in this, and it it really it, it just it's a testament to the acting and the directing and the casting where I'm like, I'm I'm listening in conversations because they're real and I should not be listening to these conversations. That's great, or um, yeah, brilliant. And just one last question, and then I'll let you go uh, for now. But you can tell me, well, you, you can decide whether you want to tell me. It's um it's shocking to me that you haven't done uh, a big Hollywood movie yet. Is that because it's not of interest to you? Or is that because the offers that have come your way so far, you, you haven't felt a particular uh, passion for? I mean, I have not felt a passion for it, really. And it's hard. Like, sometimes, you know, there is a kind of, you know, you go, my kids think I'm insane. Like, my daughter, who's... 11 and wants to be an actor and has all the crushes on all the young actors that you could possibly, you know, that you would predict. Sure. Yeah. Without going into detail, like if an offer comes in and I know, and and it's somebody is attached, you know, and my, my boy is 14 and loves every more, everything Marvel have ever done. And I haven't been offered a Marvel movie just to say that up front, but other things, right. Mm -hmm. And the kids are going, but, but, but you have to do it. Of course you're going to do it. Are you, are you insane? Are you mad? Dad, are you mad? And my thing is just, I have to be like, I have to be really into it to do a good job. I mean, you know, and I would never say never, but but I also feel like the world at the moment is, the world generally is such a phenomenally interesting place. Mm. But most of, and, and it's also a place with massive, terrible things going on. And it feels like a lot of the time when you go right up the budgetary scale, you sort of have to leave all of that behind and go into the world of pure spectacle, which has its place and I'm not diminishing it, but it's just not, I don't know if I do it very well, I suppose is the, you know, is the, is the honest truth. I think you have to be really into something to do it well. And the people who do those films really well, they love them, you know? Yeah. Uh, I love one, them a bit different. Has there been one, like a type of movie, I guess, that you, you've seen, you're like, I could do that one, maybe. Yeah, I think a really intelligent piece of science fiction, which was character-based, you know, is something that I can imagine doing, which, which, which might have the sort of scale to allow you to reach a bigger audience, but mm. into which you could put some real thinking and real people. So, so that's the kind of, 
like there's an there's a sort of small interlocking inter bit of the Venn diagram that like that would be a, a, a possibility I think and and so maybe maybe I will I, I started realizing you know life isn't uh, you know get we all get older and um I always you know up until now I'd go oh something like that might happen in the future the future starts looking a lot more you know you can see how long the future is at a certain point so who knows but but I'll I'll see. Yeah, like I think the world would love to see Lenny Abrahamson's Dune, but yeah, I mean, I can. Yeah. I mean, it would be fun. Like, there's no doubt about it. Um, but Dune is a good example of something where you, you know, I have seen films which I loved as a younger person that I thought, well, there's real value in that, and so you never know. Fantastic, Lenny. I could talk to you all day. I feel, but me too. Bro, really. I hope we do it again. Thanks very much. Best of luck when the show launches, and talk to you again soon. Talk to you again soon. Take care, Rory. So that was Lenny chatting conversations with friends and up next, last but not least, is Alison Oliver who plays Francis and Sasha Lane who plays Bobby. Two more of the central core of conversations with friends. Again, not going to get into the specific details of how they're all interconnected, but let's just say they are all quite interconnected. Alison and Sasha as well talk a lot about the LGBTQI plus aspect of this show and how it helps differentiate it from normal people and since this was a show that was filmed in Ireland and during the pandemic lockdown, it was under very specific circumstances they had to make a show like this. So they have a lot of uh, unique memories of making this show, probably one that will stand out in their minds when it comes to the end of their careers. There's some uh, some team building, I guess. Like the, Nothing will get you through pandemic like someone else who has to endure it right alongside you for work stuff. Uh, so yeah, so up next, Alison and Joe chatting conversations with friends. Alison and Joe, how are you both doing today? Good, doing good how, thanks. Are how are you? I'm really, really good. Such a pleasure to talk to you about today. Um, straight off the bat, one of the things about Normal People was the fantastic casting of Paul and Daisy in those roles. When it came to the casting process for this, at what point did you both feel like, yes, this is, this is me, I, I've got this, and I, I feel I'm perfect for this role. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think it's such a funny one because I think those characters are so, they, to me, they always felt like real people. Like, they're written so specifically and, and kind of honestly that I, I really, you know, I had read it before I auditioned, and so I, I, I kind of felt like Francis was a real person. And, um, and so it was kind of a funny thing coming to audition for it because I was like, well, she exists somewhere in the world and they'll find her or whatever. And it was only kind of towards the end of, of auditioning when I guess I was just really trying to put myself in her shoes that you know you of course always really hope that it will be you um but but I, d I don't know if there was ever a moment where I, I was kind of going yes I I you know I it's mine <laughs> or anything but I just I think I um I think I just it that helped that it she felt like so real to me that you know I tried to put that into the audition um yeah yourself Joe yeah same I think I was just so happy of being cast like I didn't um I didn't then say to myself you know you got it <laughs> but uh just was a, just was you know massively um happy and it was like a privilege to be cast in a book that I was a big fan of be made by a filmmaker I was a big fan mm -hmm. of um uh so yeah I just felt very very lucky there's a there's there's a, a thing in the show that I think it, it does fantastically well and there is the weight of texting 
in modern relationships because there's so much in it. There's one specific text, I think, from Nick in the third episode where you just replied with the word, yeah. And I was like, oh, I've gotten that text before where you're like, what does that mean? And you're, it's so much to do with tone and yeah. like misreading conversations <clears throat> and stuff. Um, I'm just wondering like for you both that like, it's so, how difficult is it to like be sitting there and be like, I'm reacting to a phone for a lot <laughs> of our scenes together. Like it's 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 weirdly intimate, but also completely modern and, and kind of separate from each other. Yeah, I, it's probably, that. it's exactly what you're saying. It's probably the frustration of, of the kind of not knowing what a person means in a text and, and trying to gauge the tone. Like I think, I guess you, you're kind of reacting to, to that of like, what do you mean? Um, but it's, yeah, it feels really kind of, it is so in the heart of, uh, like, when they are kind of, I guess, developing this affair, so much of it does kind of happen through, uh, you know, m more so, I guess, in the book, they kind of email for a long portion of time, and, and that's how it kind of gets going, but but it, it feels very much like part of, of, of the world we live in right now, and so much of it is on our phones and online, and, and I think that kind of frustration is really kind of recognisable. Um, you know. And what about for yourself, Joe? Like, even when it comes to acting uh, in in the scenes in this, like we, a lot of it we see from uh, Francis's perspective. But when it comes to, I guess, building the relationship that you have there, like how how much time is better for you beforehand to have spent together, or or is it for the sake of the characters better to spend some time apart in the early days because you kind of necessarily don't know mm. each other? No, we uh, we kind of all jumped on a Zoom pretty much as soon as we were cast, which was nice, and got to know each other kind of from the off. Um, and with Lenny as well, he was pretty keen on being as collaborative as possible from as early a stage as possible. So he was sending the scripts back and forth and wanting feedback on the characters and what was working and what wasn't working. Um, but with all the texting and whatnot, like, I didn't really have to be there for the texting. So, um, <laughs> so that wasn't for me to worry about. But with the phone calls, we did try and do it so that I was in the room or I was on the phone. Mm, yeah. um, so uh, I'm sure that helps you hugely. Yeah, yeah, did indeed. And just one final question, if that's okay. Um, obviously you were filming this under specific circumstances, but were there any, for you both, individual, I guess, standout moments uh, off camera that you did actually manage to have some fun around Ireland while you were making it? Yeah, I mean, loads. We had we had so much fun because yeah. it was it was a form of lockdown when we started, and so it was just the four of us that could hang out really, yeah. and, and and you know Lenny and Leanne and others. But um, it it opened up a bit as as it went on, and well, we were lucky there was loads to do. I mean, whether it was kind of going up the coast in Belfast or spending a couple of weeks in Dublin when we were shooting there and going to the pubs there, and. Mm. Um, and even when we weren't filming, but on set, like having someone like Lenny around just cracking jokes, uh, was just, uh, he's the best and makes everything a lot um, easier and more fun. Yeah. Fantastic. Alison and Joe, thank you so much for your time today. Thank, thank you, you so much. Have a good day. You too, thanks. Bye. Thank you. So that was Jemima and Joe and Lenny and Alison and Sasha all talking conversations with friends. The show is kicking off on RTE2. And will be available two episodes each week until the uh, all 12 episodes, I believe, have, have run out. And then you can watch it all on the RTE player uh, after that. If you enjoyed Normal People, there's a lot to enjoy in this as well. Because I imagine just as people were talking a lot about the sex scenes in Normal People, this will probably come up in a few articles or a few radio shows 
uh, over the weeks for this one as well. Uh, make sure you check back in with The Big Review Ski. Please do subscribe on Spotify or Apple or wherever you get your podcasts because we are doing our best to come back each and every week with new interviews with uh, some of the biggest stars in movies and TV today. Thank you so much for subscribing. Thank you for listening and enjoy conversations with friends. (laughs) 